0: There seems to be some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current
1: moment. Why are you, Why are people? you people? I want a
0: coffee! You, you, you are now too two, 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 two,
1: three, two, three, two, three, three, two, one. We're love and life. Come together. Come together from the Spacebird Media Studios.
2: It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Welcome back to yet another edition of. Unlimited starring Roxanne and Ace. We're so glad you're with us. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing excellent. We want to, of course, uh, you know, jump right in. I think Oscar buzz has been everybody. I mean, there's not a platform you can't go on this week and see either the actual Oscar clips themselves or the post interviews and clips. I mean, just the love and elation from this year's Oscar celebration it, it's just been mind-blowing. And, and I have to say, as a lifelong Brendan Fraser fan, I, I jumped out of my seat when he won Best Oscar for The Whale because he, it is worthy not to take away from Angela Bassett. She needed hers. And, you know, Michelle Yeoh, she deserved hers. And, you know, Elvis with Austin Butler, he deserved his. Not everybody's going to win, okay? But the ones who won were so deserving of that. And, I mean, what an amazing movie that has brought him back into the limelight.
2: With Whale. It was a phenomenal movie, and I loved all the metaphors he had when he received his award. Mm-hmm. Very emotional. And and of course, the movie won for makeup as well, and you can see why, because he doesn't even look the same. They did such a phenomenal job with it. The 95th Academy Awards. Jimmy Kimmel isn't always my favorite, but I I will give him kudos. I think he really could have played it safe and he had some really funny zingers that made Mm -hmm. me laugh out loud. He's not Billy Crystal and he, Billy Crystal's my favorite host of the Academy Awards. But I do think his, his little joke about Tom Cruise and, you know, L. Ron Hubbard was quite hilarious yeah. we could have done without the cocaine bear i you know just wasn't interested Agreed. in that but lady gaga and i almost mm. texted you and i thought well he might be asleep i, I need oh, to be
1: watching yeah
2: when she was pared down just blue jeans no makeup and just ripping out that song yep. from from top gun maverick chills went up it was so well done
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, say what you will about you know her theatrics and music, but her in Star is Born is probably my favorite Mm. performance. So, that performance on the Oscars reminded me of her from that role of you know, from rags to riches kind of thing, and you know, and all the different other uh, undertones of Star is Born. But the thing that I will say is how vulnerable she allowed herself to be. And it's a side that you know, because I mean, really at this point, you either love Gaga because she's got talent. Love or her. you love, or you love, love, <laughs> love, love, love her because, you know, you've grown to see how much she's matured and, and revamped herself as an artist, whether that's musically or as an actress. It, it blew me away, but I will say the 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 warm feels that I could not stop watching on multiple platforms the day after was when Key and Harrison Ford... Hugged each other when he presented the Oscar for Best Picture. That whole that pure excitement that came out of him when he jumped up on stage. Because for those that saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, he played short round. So that was his first movie. Steven Spielberg gave him his break. And I, I loved it. I don't know if you saw the clip after the Oscars, but um apparently Steven had come up to key after he won and everybody was like well what did Steven say what did Steven say and he and he told the, rep- one of the reporters i think it was on uh, good morning america he said he leaned into me and he goes you are now an academy award winning actor he, and he said no one can take that away from you and i was and you like you get chills because i feel like especially for me i was a kid when temple of doom came out so i've grown up you know he was a goonie and you know he was in all these other films and and TV shows that I watched as a kid. So in the same way that, you know, Jamie Lee was given props to all the Halloween fans for following her all these years. And it was us as a group receiving that Oscar with her. I felt the same with Key because he he's in that same, you know, same boat that we've all just been watching him mature as an actor.
2: So several notes, some movies perhaps that won a lot of awards that maybe we haven't seen. A lot of folks like to do that, see what the best picture is. But the best picture director, one of the directors is from Alabama. And during the awards, he was wearing an outfit that he got where you go to the airplane place where they unload all the baggage, the unclaimed baggage. He bought his Oscar outfit there. And I think think it's just really he's like from Gunnersburg and I think it's a really neat connection to the movie that won the most Oscars that I don't Mm -hmm. know have you seen it I haven't seen everything er everywhere all at once Uh, my husband and one of my sons loved it I haven't seen it did you see
1: it I have not. I, the, <laughs> I It's one of those that's been on my list and I just, you know, kept meaning to go see it. And then when it got nominated, I was like, okay, I, it's obviously worthy. And I asked my daughter because she saw it and, you know, I was like, you know, is it worthy? And she's like, it's just weird, but it's, you know, it's well edited, well shot, well acted. So even if it's, I can deal with weird if the performances are grand, which obviously, you know, looking at the Oscars, it's grand. So I, I will say that that's the one that I'm, that's at the top of my list for the weekend. I got to definitely catch up on that one to see. And if you haven't seen The Whale, please, definitely. It's streaming now. And and Brendan Fraser, watching him come from a caveman with Polly Shore and Encino Man <laughs> to The Whale, you know, uh, is is just the dynamics of that. And And I will say this, too, because even if you didn't watch the Oscars, even if you're not a movie buff, the thing that still blew me away was the humility and how much... Jamie Lee and Key and Michelle, like all the winners at some point in the making of the films they won for were doubting their themselves as actors and whether they were ever going to be called or if anybody was even going to watch this you know, and so I think we all know what that feels like, that even when you're in a career slump or you're in a creative slump, you get to that point where nobody wants to hear from me. Nobody wants to hire me and you think you're not any good. And then you go on to do your best work and blow everybody away when you were feeling the least about yourself. That It's just so like... I don't know if the pandemic just kind of made a mesh of all of us or what, but that was the underlining theme of so many of those post Oscar interviews was like, yeah, I really thought this would be my last movie or I didn't think anybody would care. And I mean, what a mindset to be in. And you know, we, we look up to actors, right. And musicians and we go, Oh, they got the life, but they're also dealing with the same insecurities and things that we process on a daily basis.
2: That was the theme and also the theme of of dream your dreams and dream big because look at what could happen. You know, a boy from Alabama directs the best picture of the year. I mean, never, ever, ever give up. Let's look at Psalm 91, 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. We have a God who wants us to run to him. You know, and we think of the father that runs to the prodigal. And and back then, it was undignified for a man to run. He certainly wouldn't hoist up his robe and have his sandals flying and, and be running. It just wasn't something that happened. And it's such a sweet picture of how our God is mm-hmm. reaching out to us, willing to meet us where we are. You know, when I didn't believe and and, and asked to try to have some faith and and— did the thing you're not supposed to do and ask God to show me how thankful I am that he was willing to show me, you know, as, as we talk to Michael French a little later, perhaps we can talk to him about, does God speak in dreams to unbelievers? Mm -hmm. That is God reaching out and communication to us because he loves us.
1: And I was having a conversation with my mom over the weekend and, you know, and she's, you know, old and retired well not old she's older and retired sorry mom <laughs> um and she's still having that question of I just wish God would tell me what I'm supposed to be doing here and I was like mom I said do you ever see yourself like I mean you've been around my mom like she is the most gentle like and and I think because of her upbringing of being told you're worthless and no one's ever gonna want you and all those negative things she made sure that my brother and I always had that positive, reinforcement, you know, don't let people tell you, you can't do something and always listen to God. That was like the staple in our house. And I was like, you share that with the person bagging your groceries, the person who, you know, waited on your table. I mean, all of those people that you come in contact with, that's your ministry, mom. I was like, you don't have to be at church and be on some committee to be serving him or to know what your calling is. Once you have Christ in your life, we're just supposed to represent him where we are so whether that's at work and family uh, talking to strangers it, it to me that's the part that i think sometimes we miss and as i'm having that conversation with her i hear god like throwing that back in my face saying don't you forget it either because a lot of times we can get caught up in the title on our you know business card or you know what we put on the website as you know our thing you know this is my thing it's my passion well is are you putting your time and talent and energy into something that really god is not wanting you to are you questioning, well, I've been doing all this and it's not really, you know, the fruit of it's not really what I thought it would be. So I'm just gonna stop. But, you know, do it for yourself. You know, it's like us doing this show. You know, it's it's not for lavish dollars and you know, name and lights kind of situation. We believe this is a calling, that this show and this friendship is what God is calling us to. And we want to do it for the benefit of our own souls. And if someone chooses to listen, great. And those that are right now, thank you. But <laughs> again, it's all about just serving where you're at so that if nothing else, you at least are constantly reminded that you are leaning into him.
2: And people notice, you know, you mm. think it has to be some some big act, but when yeah. you are the fragrance of Christ, those that don't know him, you know, I just I just remember as a non-believer being around Christians and what attracted me to the ones who were really gentle, kind, funny, were loving you know, that's the elixir. That's that's what draws people in, is the presence and the fragrance of Christ. Well, mm-hmm. we like to talk about what's trending for spring, and uh, Ace, the next time perhaps we fire up YouTube, you may see me in my feathers, because <laughs> apparently we are to be fringed And feathered this season. I happen to like feathers. Lots of ostrich feathers on your outfits. Everything needs to be spangly and sparkly. So it looks like I may be in this season because that is what's big. I will say going back to the Oscars, Nicole Kidman, if she were any prettier, I think she's in her early 50s now. Forgive me if she isn't. She looks 22. But her dress with the big... Flamboyant flowers You know at her hip And Mm -hmm. the the big slit And it was very wow You know it was just fabulous And that is in for spring I'm just letting you know If you're pink, if you're sparkly And if you have a feather coming out of your cap You're going to be in Just want you to know
1: It's true. Something else that's in and I know also adds a fragrance that we all love is the Roxanne blend of coffee. Thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup, because here's what's cool about that is if you haven't tried the Roxanne blend, it's like little pecans and it's got a little butterfly on the bag. And, you know, it's it's one of those top sellers for a reason. And then you add the fact that there's ministry behind it only makes it even sweeter.
2: Kay Putman, oh, what a wonderful woman is, is running this on her own now. We lost Mike and uh, he was a serious drug addict and said, you know what, Lord, how can you use me? And, and the Lord was like, you're going to be a coffee businessman and you're going to go into some of the most dangerous places in the world and they're going to invite you in. Mm-hmm. And so the coffee sends those teams around the world and we're so grateful to be in association with them for sure. So I have to ask Ace McCabe since he He's cool and hip and wears a fedora and has a lot thanks, of really cool tattoos <laughs> and is super cute. If you would consider taking your wife's last name, it's uh, another new trend.
0: You would consider it?
1: Absolutely, I would.
2: Yeah. I'm looking <laughs> at you. I'm looking at you right now.
1: You would consider it? 100%. For Why? Two things, for two things. <laughs> One, I... I any anytime that I get a chance to honor my wife, I want to do it. And I also will say that as someone who has, you know, gone from my birth name to my adopted name, to my radio name, to everything in between, <laughs> I need an identity. And so, you know, and, and when we got married, I mean, she kept her name from her previous marriage, but we did it for a couple of reasons. One, it is the name that she's known by in the theater community, which is a very big deal where we live. And then also for the benefit of the kids, you know, if they were to get sick or be rushed to an emergency room, you know, being able to match name to name, it, it, that makes a big difference. So, and again, at the end of the day, it is just a name, you know, I mean, as, as honoring and, and I think as respectful as they can be, and they should be to a point, you know, She still calls me, you know, Boo, and I still call her Baby Boo and whatever. I mean, you know, Shugums (laughs) and, you know, I mean, that you can't put that on a marriage certificate.
2: Well, they say, you know, sometimes parents who are very traditional get upset with their son if his name, their last name is not used. However, some say... And this is based out of a really cool story out of the New York Times, if you've got time to go look at it. But one of the things that happened was the man was Czechoslovakian, mm-hmm. and his last name, I won't even begin to try to pronounce it, but he was marrying Nancy Valentine. And mm-hmm. so he wanted to be Valentine, because it's just beautiful and memorable, and people can pronounce
1: it. Yeah. Well, I mean, these days, what truly is tradition anymore? I, I think I saw a joke somewhere on social media where a kid was saying um, legacy is only what the meaning of legacy is, is that it's peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> and so I thought, that's so true, you know, punchline aside, but it's so true. I mean, build your own legacy with your own traditions. That's, that's what I think is beautiful about that.
2: Well, speaking of legacies, our dear friend, Terren Newell has done that. This guy is like the mortgage guru. I mean, he, mm. He gets a thrill out of researching how to save you a lot of money, how to come up with programs that are going to benefit you. Mm -hmm. And he's a wonderful Christian, sweet man. He and Andrea are awesome. They've built Birmingham Mortgage Group, and it's benefited a a great number of my friends, you and I. Yeah. What they do is, well, I shouldn't be in the house I'm in. I mean, we had to go through some, some hoops and he helps people to do that. If you're not quite prepared and we say, oh, with the interest rates, nobody's doing anything right now. Oh no, you need to get in a house if you're renting and he can make that a possibility.
1: Well, and to think about those special programs that maybe other mortgage companies haven't told you about, Taren is the one that does the research to say, how can I help you save? How can I get you in your house with as little down, but to help you pay it off as quickly as possible? All those things at the heart of someone who loves Jesus as much as you do. That's the kind of person you want helping you to get and build, you know, in, in equity for your home. So if you are looking to refi, if you're looking to get into that dream home, you can check him out. Go to Birmingham or Bhammortgage.com. That's bhammortgage.com, Or you can call him at 205-259-1656. That's 205-259-1656. And, of course, when you talk to Taren at Birmingham Mortgage, tell him you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited.
2: I love it. Hey, have you ever been hurt in church? A lot of people are walking around the walking wounded. I mean, it's one thing Mm. to be hurt by a group of people, but when you're in church, that's not supposed to happen. And so when it happens, it stings. But here's the thing. We have to be able to heal from church hurt. We can use it as an excuse never, never to go back to church, but the Lord really wants us to be in community.
1: Well, and something that was, you know, after it being through years of being a part of church plants where you're really rooted from like, you know, the first Sunday on and you see it grow from, you know, a little elementary school into its own building and all that. I mean, that's that's amazing to see God do that, but you're really invested. And when you get to that point and then you're hurt along the way and you realize it wasn't the church that hurt you, it was a person, a sinful person, just like yourself. And you get to that place where you're like, well, I'm just not going to go because they're judging me and they're, you know, talking about me behind my back. They won't let me be in the band, whatever it is, you know, that you're mad about. But kind of an epiphany in the midst of church hurt that might make sense to you. It made sense to me in my moment of, think about it like your car. Like you you get a new car or a new-to-you car, and it comes with an instruction manual that tells you you need to make sure at 3,000 miles you put new oil or, you know, keep your tire pressure at, you know, 35 pounds and, you know, all the different things none of which is judging you or calling you stupid. It's making a suggestion because the manufacturer told you, this is how we believe your car will run best when you do these things, if you do these things. And the Bible and the teachings of the church are the same. The the church is not there to judge us. They're there to just give us instructions to say, here's the manual. If you choose to follow these things that God is saying, because he is the creator of all, his Word and us, our, our living flesh, is in, is here because of God. If we read that manual and have an understanding that if we do those things, we will have a peaceful life, a fruitful life, a graceful life. But when we don't, it's a big pile of dog mess. I mean, it just it falls apart because we chose to to negate the manual. So if you're in the midst of church hurt, immediately be praying where God would want you to visit. And I always say, give it the three Sunday challenge, go to the same church three weeks in a row so that you feel like you got a good, you know, sample platter of that church and what they provide. And then see where God connects you as you start to make either roots within that church or with even within your communities, you go, well, I didn't end up at this church, but I love that I went because I've got friends who I was able to tell that they went over there and they love it and it's perfect for them. So, there's a way for us to get past all. We could make a million reasons why we're not going to go. I mean, daylight savings time—probably one of the thinnest services we any <laughs> of us saw. Uh, I and, was
2: ready in 17 minutes. Ace, you know me. That means I mean I need a whole suitcase just for my face. Yeah. And I made it. Can that's you believe classic. that? Have you that's ever amazing. seen me get ready in 17 minutes? Never. Never. I forgot about about it and went rip roaring but I'm not going to miss church. I I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, not to make light of true church pain, or you feel like you just can't go back, giving yourself that time to say, have I healed from the things that hurt me at church XYZ? Or, or have I even given it to God and had a conversation of what is my role? Because here's the thing too, that and this is, bears always reminding ourselves of this. Sometimes our time in church is not to serve. It's to be a pew warmer so that we can be fed so that we can remember what it's like to be in church and to worship. and 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 even this Sunday, when you know, being as a musician playing in multiple church services on Sunday, it'd be very easy for me every week to just go and time to play, time to play, time to play and then feel like I'm not being refreshed, which is what church is for, not just in the message, but definitely in the music for me as a musician. And so it's not about, did I play every lick right? It was a matter of, I sang with my heart as the songs were going on and and I can't sing. So I'm singing with my heart because it's the only one that's in perfect pitch, <laughs> but allowing ourselves to see church as a place to refresh and And I've even understood why some people drive 30, 45 minutes to the church that they like, while it may not be in their community, it's a church that they feel connected, that God has said, this is where you are for this season. And then when the time comes, he may call you to something that's around the corner from your house. I've been in those situations, but we have to allow ourselves to know that we need the community. And not to bring up Asbury again, but it's true, we're clearly hungry, for that community and that connection with God. And where else are we going to get that?
2: When you bring that up too, at Troy University, the services there went on and on and on. And like midnight, one student said, oh, you've got to see the video. One student said, I have to be baptized. And they went to that beautiful fountain on the Mm. campus of Troy University and they baptized that young man right then and there and the, the euphoria on his face and the students and it's midnight mm. and it was like a light. I don't know how it was, it was just God. Mm-hmm. Everyone was lit up standing in this fountain. I mean, it is a time of revival.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's and and we gotta forgive, you know, okay, church hurt, mm-hmm. but what I have found is most of the time when, when you're really offended, that person has no idea that they're offensive and oh, doesn't sure. excuse them, but they have no idea, and they would be appalled. They yeah. don't want to hurt you. I, yeah. I believe that.
1: Or even if they were vindictive and they wanted to be mean, so you would leave, and then they might get privileges that they wouldn't have had if you were there. But again, we give people more power than they need and a lot of times we don't realize we've given it to them but that that could be the church hurt that you're feeling it's not that the person that hurt you it's that you chose not to let go of it of someone that's probably not even in your life every day and i mean and that's not even just church i mean everywhere if you've been hurt by anyone at any time you know the girl that broke up with you at 16 if you're still letting what she said to you when she broke up and gave you your class ring back why? Why are you still giving someone that you don't even see that much power? And then you're letting it dictate everything that's in front of you relationship-wise, just like we do then how we view the church. We're letting someone from X number of months or years ago dictate whether we're in community with other fellow believers. Stop it. Just go to church. There are lots of them. Sure. <laughs> I was one of them. I've I've been there, done that, burn the t-shirt, man. I made hot dogs and s'mores out of it. (laughs) Well,
2: I want to close on an upbeat and I've talked too much. So I hope we have just a second to just squeeze in a little bit more I gave you in your sheets for preparation, uh, you have to laugh at me, Ace, 200 questions that we're to ask each other to get to know each other a whole lot better. You and I have been friends a long time, so we've answered a lot of these questions. And -hmm. I I know we're in closing here, but the number one question is, what is your favorite way to spend a day off? And I, I want you to answer that because you are a guy who works a lot. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, so I'll I'll tell you what I did on Sunday afternoon, right? Because I had a very busy weekend and, and I was a little sleep deprived from the time change. But came home from church, made my cauliflower pizza, which is like my new love lately. It's so good, so easy. And I watched basketball and XFL in my jammies. That was me. <laughs> Took my fedora <laughs> off. I was living my best life. May have even fallen asleep. I think at some point I did. And I was like, oh. It, it's changed games. It was two different teams. All of a sudden I was like, okay, apparently I did fall asleep. So that, that or a day at the movie theater, like to go and see like a big release on the screen where I can just unplug. It's what I call eye candy. So like for me, like a Marvel movie or a um, what's the fast and furious. Like I'm so excited okay. for the new fast and furious. Like that's just unplug, you know, blow stuff up fast cars, you know, funny punch lines, you know, whatever, nostalgic stuff. It's just such an easy. What What about for you?
2: Well, I've, I've gotten into healthy cooking. So I am cooking with coconut oil and coconut sugars. And I enjoy putting together recipes that are super healthy. And uh, so that's fun. You know, I love to read. I, I read mm-hmm. probably two to three books a week. Uh, I've gotten really into exercise. But the coolest thing, the coolest thing. I have always dreamed of having a garden, and I have no way of knowing how to do one. Yeah. I'm not real fond of dirt, but I love plants. <laughs> you know, I don't manure is not my favorite thing. And I really, and I would start to read and think, well, this is too complicated, forget it. I'll never have a garden. Mm-hmm. But my friend Liz gifted me with a garden. Wow. and hey, so I'm gonna have if I don't kill them, <laughs> strawberries and peppers and spinach you and i love spinach and all different kinds of tomatoes and i'm over the moon excited and it wasn't that complicated and so i will let you know if i can be a successful gardener but it's fun
1: we need to make sure we're using our social media page so that way people can see the progress (laughs) of the garden as it's growing because it would give hope to all of us that don't know (laughs) jack about gardening I remember when I was a kid, my dad took care of a of a lady from our church. He took care of her garden. And she's like, look, I can't pay you, but you take, you know, the garden is in plenty. Take whatever you want. So we had fresh tomatoes and we had okra and corn and cucumbers. I mean, we had a plethora of that stuff growing up. So fresh veggies, I'm all about it. So if you feel inundated, you know, and God multiplies, <laughs> you just you say, I'm bringing you prep and I'm bringing you some strawberries. Like, I, I I'll never say no to that.
2: Well, oh, I'm hoping to have that problem, but I'm blessed. And and yes, your favorite way to spend a day off. I have so many things that interest me. It's hard to pick one, but yeah. uh, God is so good. So Amen. good all the
1: time. Well, and we'll <laughs> post the link for the 200 questions so you can grill all of your friends and say, all right, here's a cigarette and a light. Get ready for your afternoon.
2: Roxanne and Ace Unlimited continues and wow is this a special moment? A dear, dear friend that we've known for many years has changed both of our lives. The Head of Patria Ministries, the author of Dream Stories: Unlocking Your Night Parables, he regularly teaches on interpreting dreams, and uh, we did the forward to his book. and And just a uh, dearly, dearly, dearly love, Pastor Michael friends. We're so glad you're with us. Welcome.
0: Hey, it's good to be here. It, it, it's, it's strange to be here all way apart from each other, but it's good to right. be together.
1: <laughs> it, it kind of feels like a pandemic or something, you know. It's a <laughs> call I Don't hey, say, say
0: that, no. Life. You know, if yeah. it, so, nothing else good came, yeah.
1: Yeah, so let's start with kind of you know people probably come to you all the time and asking, okay, I had a dream about my teeth falling out, or I had a dream where I was juggling snakes, or you know I I I kissed my brother, and what does that mean? Like what are what are what are the weird things like that 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 tend to happen in all of our dreams that may be God or something going on spiritually for us?
0: Sure, you know one thing we we know is that God loves to talk to us, and and. You know, the church has had, had some trouble with that over the years. But the truth is, he loves to talk to us, and he always has. It's what he created man for in the garden. And one of his beautiful ways of talking to us is picture language. So dreams can often be far more than what we think they are. And um, we see all kinds of symbols. I mean, you, you, you named, actually, Ace, you named two or three of the top symbols that we see in dreams all over the world probably two or three of those are in the top 20 teeth falling out is an extremely common dream and most people will blow it off and just think well you know it it didn't mean anything or it was just weird juggling snakes you know but you know your teeth falling out teeth are are what we used to chew food up you think about you think about dreams God's just talking to us with pictures that make sense to us so we use Mm. Teeth that chew our food up. Where it's it's how we chew on things. It's how we gain wisdom. It's how we we glean information or gain understanding. So if my teeth are falling out, I'm probably losing my ability to comprehend or understand something. You know, my my wisdom teeth falling out might mean I'm losing a little bit of wisdom. (laughs) Or the eye falling out might mean I'm not really seeing things clearly. It's Mm. it's not real complicated. It's simple stuff. So uh, you know, it's 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 just that we don't take the time to stop and ask Holy Spirit, were you trying to say something? And if so, what?
2: Well, Tony Soprano, one of the most famous dreams ever from television, from The Sopranos, has his teeth fall out. And in the dream, he thinks he has Alzheimer's. So it's just, but I thought, mm-hmm. I know all about that because I have been hanging out with Michael French. Well, I don't want it to be all about me because that's selfish, but I did have the most epic dream that I believe God timed right before this. I need to know. Is it can we plunge right into that ace right now? Please. And I, I can answer the dream. It's really so crazy. All right. Hannah, oh, Hannah, my daughter, is sick. about six years old in this dream. And it's so specific, I can't even believe it. We were trying to get back to Birmingham from New York City. We were looking for Southwest Airlines in this very large building. And for some reason, Southwest Airlines was on the 10th floor, which makes no sense. But we get there. We see the plane. We're in a hurry to get on the plane. And the plane is like... You know how much I love Grogu and Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. The plane has little egg pods (laughs) up the outside of the plane as far back as you can see. And you get in your little egg pod to fly. And Hannah's over me in her little egg pod. And only this one zips. I don't believe Grogu zips, Michael. No. But... We're, we're zipping up and we're inside our little pod, but we're outside the plane. And then, and then, there's a problem with Hannah's paperwork, right? She's a little girl. She's above me and she has a problem with her paperwork. And I don't know if we're going to get thrown off the plane or whatever. And then this man, he wasn't the Mandalorian, a man, Michael, that I have never seen that had the kind, I mean, I could draw him, that had the kindest face sort of a Harrison Ford-like, leans over out of his pod to Hannah and says, young lady, I'm going to take care of all that. And she's handing up the papers to him, and he's so kind, and he's so lovely, and I can see his face, and it was so beautiful and so warm. And then I woke up, and I was mad that I woke up. And so there's <laughs> my epic dream.
0: <laughs> oh, it's cool. It's, it's an awesome dream, too. And, and and let me just say, there, there's several things in that dream that, that are. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit because we're talking for the first time in the podcast format. I, I'll hit maybe a couple of symbols that are real common that are in the dream. And then we'll talk about your dream specifically. That way, everybody benefits from your dream. Yay. But, you know, one of the things of uh, tra- traveling, traveling like flying places and particularly flying from like a large city home talks about uh, will often have to do with a journey in life. No surprise there, right? A journey in life or something to do with our journey. And in this case, big city to home, it's kind of like moving from a place that's more complicated to a place that's less complicated and more familiar, right? Wow. So then you've got Southwest Airlines. That's the friendly airline. That's that's the place. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to hear somebody do the, uh, the buckle your seatbelt announcement, you should listen to them on Southwest Airlines,
1: right? Mm-hmm. It's
0: going to be fun. So it's the fun airline. So that kind of speaks to us. of this is a journey that's going to be fun, but there may be some challenges with it. Why? It's the 10th floor. They're on the 10th floor. 10 is a number that relates to wilderness. And so it can be that you're having to go through a wilderness season to get to the end of this process of this journey. But I love the pods and the, they're not as, the things aren't as common now as we go forward from here. But the pods on the side of the plane, your journey and Hannah's journey is not normal. It's not just business as usual. It's not the way everybody else goes about life. You've been put in a spot where things are just different and they're much more. Um, you might even say advanced or much more, um, uh, much um, deeper. In the way things are approached, but I love the very end because the guy who leans over anytime we see a, a faceless person and when I say faceless, it doesn't mean you can't recognize a face. It just means that their face is not prominent or identifiable. They're a, they're every man almost kind of a face or well it reminded me of a harrison ford but it has that glow and that feel to it it's often going to be angelic or even the lord showing up in a dream so you take all those pieces together and we look at your dream and it says that you and hannah are on a journey and that she is not in the fullness of hannah if you're listening to this sorry I don't mean this but
1: he's doubting you go ahead <laughs>
0: She's not in the fullness of her maturity. She's in a more childlike place. And I said childlike intentionally, not childish. Mm -hmm. That is a place to learn and grow. Okay. And so you're in this journey where she's on a place to learn and go and everything hasn't gone well. Everything hasn't gone right. In fact, there's been a lot of problems, a lot of wilderness to get to the end result. But there's somebody there. The Lord is there and angelic support is there. To see to it that everything's taken care of and she's able to make the journey safely to get out of this complicated place where she's been and into a place where it's much more peaceful and homey. And honestly, Roxanne, it says you're on the same journey. It's a father, I mean, a, a mother, daughter kind of experience. So it's a really great dream.
2: Wow, that blows my mind. It really speaks to me. Thank you. God is so, I believe God's in that. And I believe he's speaking. And it's so exciting.
0: It's what we would call an encouragement dream in one sense for you. And it's both an encouragement and it's a kind of uh, where I'm at kind of dream. Mm -hmm. Things could be rough, but God is saying it's okay. You don't need to worry. She doesn't need to worry. It's going to be all right.
1: So, Michael, speak a little bit into we've we've all had nightmares and, you know, uh, you know, I've had some that were like suffocating kind of dreams. And I've had some where, you know, you you jump up out of bed screaming. I mean, there's all these different levels. And without going into a, a specific dream, what are some things that we can learn from our nightmares?
0: Well, the first thing we can learn from our nightmares is we have to distinguish between was the dream just uncomfortable or scary in which case it may not have been a nightmare. It may have just been a place where we had discomfort at a high level. That can Mm -hmm. still be God. But if it moved beyond that into a terror or into a real deep fear, which is really what you're asking about here, then we can learn things from those. Because even though those aren't from God, they can reveal the enemy's plans. So dreams come from three places. They come from God, they come from our enemy, and they come from our own soul. And so we can learn something from all three types of dreams, not just the ones that come from God. And so oftentimes when we have a nightmare, it's one of two things. It's either the enemy trying to stop our purpose to cut off our destiny, in which case we can learn this. We have a destiny. We have a purpose that the enemy is nervous about, that he's worried about. Or number two, it's designed to create fear in us that ultimately stops our destiny. In other words, in, it doesn't attack our destiny directly, but it stops us from pursuing it because we just we, we, we have fear also opens up the door. This is not our topic today, but fear opens up the door to uh, demonic aff- uh, affliction or demonic oppression or demonic attack. Depending on your spiritual background, you'll use different language for it, but basically just a, a more direct attack from the enemy. And, and so if the enemy can get us into a lot of fear, then he opens us up to those kind of attacks. So cut off our destiny or open us up to attack are the primary things. And in both cases, we learn something. God's in control. He let that dream occur. And it's hard for us to believe sometimes, but he allowed it to occur. Or we step so far outside of his plan that he's letting things occur that will ultimately draw us back, hopefully. But he allowed it in some fashion. He allowed it because he's he's sovereign, right? So if he allowed it, he must want us to learn something out of it. And now the dream's no longer negative, And it pulls the fear out of it. And it pulls the terror out of it. And now begin to see, oh, that was awful. It was horrible, you know. But... God wanted me to be aware of this so I could bypass it. God wanted me to be aware of this so I could overcome it. God wanted me to be aware of this plan of the enemy because he intends to defeat it. And it changes our whole perspective on the nightmare then.
2: You've done these interpretations around the world. Have you ever had a moment where you had no idea what a dream meant?
0: Oh, I could could tell you about several of those. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good thing. If you always knew what a dream meant in my position as a teacher in particular, if I always knew what a dream meant, I would start to get worried that I was interpreting dreams based upon knowledge and based upon training. And that's no good. I don't want to interpret dreams based on just uh, a formula. I want to interpret <laughs> dreams because Holy Spirit speaks to me, that I that I hear God give me understanding of his picture language. Are there are there things that apply fairly commonly that help me understand what he's saying? Yes, but I don't want a formula. And I've had some, I've had some pretty big situations. I, I had a lady one time at the end of a service in Virginia, really West Virginia, wait for two hours while we interpreted dreams for everybody else. And when she stepped up, she gave me her dream and I literally had interpreted everybody else's dream that night at the meeting and she steps up and shares her dream. And it was just like, wow. I had no idea. And I had to look at her after she'd waited all that time and say, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't have anything. And she looked at, this was what was cool. She looked at me and she said, thank you. Now I believe you really interpret dreams from God. Oh, wow. That's what meant something to her that I wasn't just giving people what they wanted to hear that I was being very open with if God didn't tell me I couldn't do it.
1: So what about so as as parents, you know, our our kids are having dreams at, you know, any age, every age and whether it's a nightmare or whatever, how how can we in kid terminology do we start translating dreams for them or do we just hold them when they cry and, you know, <laughs> tell them you know, it's going to be okay?
0: I think I think in particular when we deal with God type dreams, it's great to start working on them. It's great to start help them, helping them see that God is talking to them. It's great to start. And we may not get it perfect, we might, but God, we got to trust God. He's going to protect us. Maybe, Maybe as a parent, you don't know how to do it very well. You don't really know where to start. Just trust God will give you some encouragement for your child and let them know God was encouraging them. If you don't get it perfect, it's okay. If they're night terrors and nightmares... It's really important then that we start helping them because we if we don't handle night terrors right, which every child has, then we end up teaching our kids that supernatural spiritual experiences are not real. That's what we teach them. Mm. If we say, oh, that was just a nightmare, ignore it or you'll be okay," or just come get in the bed with me and, and it'll all be better. You know, what we're doing, we're saying is it wasn't real. It didn't have meaning. And it was. And kids instinctively know it was real. I tell people, you know, would I rather, if my child, and let's take it out of dream, but just into general child growing up. If my kid says, there's a monster under my bed, would I rather say that's all in your imagination, thus teaching them, you don't see things spiritually. There's no spiritual experiences. Everything's natural. Or would I rather say to them, well, you know, I don't know, Maybe there is. Let's pray about that and deal with it so that it can't bother you. Mm -hmm. At least then, even if it was their imagination, at least then we've set them up that there are real spiritual things and we can deal with them. And Nightmares are the same way. When we have nightmares, let's deal with them, not just say, oh, it was just a dream or it'll go away. A lot of times heavy nightmares are a way the enemy wants to cut off a child's Dream life, so they don't hear from the Lord later. So you know, better to deal with it now. So they're used to the idea of you just deal with it. You pray, you ask God; He takes care of it.
2: Does God speak to non-believers, and if so, are people saved that way?
0: Hundred percent, yes. We see we see God uh, all over the world, particularly in certain religious groups. Um, uh, Hindu uh, and Muslim, very strong faith-based non-Christian groups. A lot of times a dream is the only message that they get because they're sheltered from or cut off from the gospel through normal, direct means. And so I've seen uh, people all over the world begin to, uh, who I've met actually people all over the world who met Jesus through a dream. And a lot of times those dreams would be even more direct. Uh, I remember one, I was walking along a, a like a, a bridge, like a hanging bridge in a jungle type scene. And uh, I was walking parallel to this other person who was really dark and all of a sudden their bridge went away and another bridge came up close and this man in beautiful white clothing was standing there. He invited me to come over to his bridge. <sighs> Well, we know pretty much straightforward what that dream means, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they do too. There's something there that, that unlocks in the person when they get a direct dream like that. that and, and so we see it uh, have tremendous value.
1: So what about recurring dreams? So, you know, sometimes you'll have the exact same dream multiple times and, I'll, you know, a year or months or whatever. And maybe some of the little details might be different, but it's almost the same dream. Is that for us stubborn headed people? Like we're not getting God's message and we need to hear it over yeah. and over again.
0: I tell people this is, uh, there. there's a place in scripture where it says um, uh, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Right. So we also know that in particular with dreams, there is the, the dreams of Pharaoh, for example, where he had the dream twice, very similar dreams. And, and Joseph and the Lord ultimately said, you know, this is established. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. When you dream something twice, there's almost a, a, a guarantee. This, you're going to have to deal with this in some way. It's established. But I tell people because a lot of times people talk then about recurring dreams and then that makes them nervous because they're not real happy with whatever's going on in the recurring dream. And they'll say, I've had this dream, you know, once a week or two, three times a month since I was six years old. That's not an established dream. Dreams repeatedly over and over again are a knock, knock dream. That's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of the heart saying, I'm trying to tell you something. And you're exactly right. Ace. Are you going to pay attention? ultimately you need to listen to this and what's cool to me is a lot of times god will start with a dream when they're six years old because they need to hear something when they're 43 Mm. and they'll have given that dream over the years why because just every knock slowly breaks down the barrier to opening the door and god wants to talk to them when they're 43 so he started when they were six and they get to 43 and they share the dream and they get it interpreted and Light bulbs go off, and it's like, well, why did God start giving me that when I was six years old if I wasn't going to know what it meant until now? Well, because He knew you wouldn't know what it meant till now, mm. and you wouldn't pay attention to it if He hadn't been giving it to you since you were six.
2: Wow. Well, there is so much we haven't been able to cover, but how informative and fabulous is it to learn more about dreams and, and to get closer to the Lord? And and thank you for your expertise and your time. How can people connect with you, Pastor Michael French?
0: Well, the best way, our, our ministry website is patriaministries.org. That's our overall ministry website. You can get k- k- catch up with us there we're revamping our uh a dream website right now we're in the midst of making some changes to it but conversationswiththecreator.com is the site as it will in the next few weeks hopefully be looking pretty good it's still got some good information and things there but it's in the midst of an overhaul so just be aware of that if you check out the conversations with the creator website so I think Sounds you can good. still get to this with mydreamstories.com too, but uh, it's that switch from that that's, that's uh, the challenge right now. I'm not a technology person, so it's
1: all right. We'll find you. Just Google <laughs> Pastor Michael French.
0: Bam! There he is. Bam! <laughs>
1: Michael, thanks so much for uh, your wisdoms and insight, man. We look forward to having you back. Yeah, loved it. Uh, But uh, thanks for hanging out. Make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about Roxanne and Ace Unlimited wherever you're listening and streaming us right now. That way you don't miss next week's episode. Uh, And as always, thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup for their support and for Taryn and the team at Birmingham Mortgage Group. Find out more about us at RoxanneandAce.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. Roxanne, I love you. Love you so much. You've been listening
2: to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at Roxanneandace.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is
0: a production of Spacebird Media.